Hello, I'm Anna Serene and you're listening to Berlinale's House of Talents. Movie is like a dream, you know, it's operate like a dream. We try to mimic that experience with technology as well to create more and more towards our biological needs to dream. At Berlinale Talents, we like to take the time to understand the how and why of filmmaking. In addition to countless shorts and art installations, Apichat Pong Veracetakul has directed 10 feature films, including the enchanting Cemetery of Splendor. The Thai director's unique perspective is encapsulated in his steady use of the camera, which coolly unveils the memories and bodies of his characters. True to his work, this conversation with Juan Diaz Bohorquez, a talents alumnus and the art director in Veracetakul's most recent film, Memoria, draws us into meditative spaces inviting us to slowly question filmmaking habits and the rat rates of expectations we are all involved in. From the impossibility of nothingness to the seeming nothingness of death, Apichatpong Veracetakul. Hey, hello Api. Hey Juan, and hey everyone. How are you doing? I'm very good. Where are you now? Well, you can see uh, the hotel room uh, in the Nakhon Panom. That's a small town by the river, the Mekong River. I'm actually on the journey to create an art project. I don't know uh, what it's going to be yet, but it's about <laughs> traveling right? Yeah, uh, just along this river. And, and what attracted you to that river? What brought you there initially? Well, it's, it's not far from my hometown. And it's, it's a very important river for the region. And, and it's where, you know, symbolically it's also important. Like, uh, it's a place where my father, Ash, is scattered there. So uh, I always think uh, my dad is there. Wow. So kind of visiting father. Wow. Yeah. And it's so, so beautiful to, to have that connection with your father and the river. Uh, that's so beautiful yes. in itself. Yeah. His particle somewhere. Exactly, exactly. That actually brings us to this idea of nothingness. And you were telling me that this is somehow a journey of yours. And I've been thinking about that a lot since we started thinking about this conversation. Tell us more about this, this journey of yours. How did it start? Well, I think, I think nothingness is uh, relevant at this time, but also for me, always relevant. Um, I think it started a few years back when I had a talk with Simon Liang and someone asked him, what's your goal in life, you know? And he answered, uh, I wish uh, to do nothing. And I first, I thought that's quite an, a lazy <laughs> kind of uh, activity, but but the more you think about it, it's, it's quite... Uh, how you say, it, it keeps you thinking, what is nothingness, right? And also it's quite a, a difficult task to, to do nothing because we always do something. And movie is about something, you know? So what is nothingness? So I think the word expands so much of, of, of uh, how you approach the world, yeah. you know? And in the end, maybe... Is is about the nothingness of of expectation of of self, you know, and that kind of coincide with Buddhism in a way that I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, mm. there's many approaches to the idea of nothingness, and often we think of this word, and I will say particularly in the West, on this idea of uh, everything that is um, uh, taken out of uh, meaning, that the things that have no meaning, this, uh, we connect it to the void very often. But, but precisely, there is other approaches to nothingness, this approach of not being just one thing, uh, not being defined by expectations and by, by um, this kind of... Right. Yeah. Because like in the beginning of the pandemic, actually nothing. There's nothing on my agenda, <laughs> nothing on my schedule. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, you say, oh, what, what I'm going to do? And then just start to look around and to see the beauty of, of you know, of the closeness of the people around you or, or animals like my dogs and to spend time and started to, to notice the, the rhythm and the cycle of the season. Yeah. 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 But in the end, like there's this nothingness kind of inspired, you know, to me to, okay, let's grab the camera and shoot something, you know, all these things right. to become something. <laughs> <laughs> The question but maybe, you start from nothing. Huh? Exactly, but the question there is, we, we start from nothing and we become maybe something, but it's the idea of letting that thing go to a certain degree, to not allow that thing to define us constantly, but maybe the idea of transformation. And now that you're in the river and in this journey river, constantly in flux, constantly in transformation, um, somehow this nothingness relates to this, this flux. Right, exactly, and and it's also it's also the beauty of casualness, no? Because either in work, in life, or the talk, like right now, because I, I we talk before, like hey, let's not plan so much because uh, because like when you go to uh, dinner with a friend, you know, you don't plan, right? Yeah. Hey, what <laughs> what kind of topic? That's <laughs> on. With little cards. Oh. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think uh, something, uh, I mean, fruitful and unexpected uh, and maybe beautiful can, can emerge yeah, when yeah. you don't expect. Mm. Yeah. There is one, one concept that I've been uh, thinking about for, for a few years now, and is the I call it narratives of control, which is these stories that somehow define us constantly. Um, so the idea of what we think it's a family, the idea of what we think is success, the idea of what we think is uh, beauty even. Um, but it's these stories that are, don't belong to us. And, and in thinking about nothingness, I was reflecting a lot about the idea of unlearning. Uh, then how, how, how do we get rid of all of these expectations and this desire to collect? You were mentioning this this challenge that it is because we are always wanting to collect more knowledge and more memories and right right it's it's also you know it's also how we make movies right we we need to remember so we need to recreate our memory to to cherish and and sometimes i feel that's a trap too <laughs> um but I don't know. It, it's something, a dilemma. I think that's why uh, I keep making movies because of this dilemma um, to, to recreate. But at the same time, it's impossible to, to, to 
recreate a replica yes. of the the experience. So, so it's only remnants of these dreams, and and that you end up creating another reality. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an altered version of that reality. And what you were saying about trying to to capture also the, there is a contradiction there, you know? This idea of nothingness, but then we are always aiming to capture the evanescent, uh the the transcendence. Uh and then we fail and then we try again and then we fail and then we try again. And and and, and you have done a masterful work on on those attempts to capture uh, the evanescent and your work, it's, it's so beautiful in terms of trying to deal with memory and dream. And, but it's always this is full of contradiction as well, this, this attempt. Yes. And I try to be economical, <laughs> uh, meaning that I, I don't like or I'm not good at uh, kind of making a fiction. Yeah. So I'm always based on reality and to, to kind of, again, like trying to recreate what I experience and I want to keep, you know, and it's kind of like economic approach, but I, I feel like story uh, is very precious. I don't want to create like bombarded the world with stories, you know, even though it's beautiful, but I, I feel like what I have already, the, The story of life, you know, just recreate that, you know, not not make it like exponential. And we are like, um, how you say, uh, drawn, drawn in, in in memories. Like, yeah, at least for me, yeah. No, I, I I agree that there is this impulse right now to produce and produce and produce in in many cases, and this anxiety to. To always have something more in, or throw something more into the world, but but I think there is also this this moment of thinking or feeling more how things emerge and the stories emerge from our own experiences and our own journeys, and then also knowing that anything that we put into the world, it's it's there, and it's a trace in, that we leave in the world as well. Um, right, right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm very it's interested. It's an experience, no? Yeah, exactly. It's an experience for the entire world to a certain degree. Every time that is there and, yeah. and, and connects beyond us. And it's, it's, I think it's tied also to nothingness that movie is it's just light, right? So when it's finished, it's finished. It's gone. <laughs> so so it, it's, it come back to nothingness. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's the experience. And we, we were talking before because I mean I had the pleasure this last year of uh, working with a Pichapong like uh, so uh, that was fantastic but but actually I have not seen the movie finished even if it's there because I actually want to experience it uh, properly because it's this instant of seeing it for the first time <laughs> and so I, I very envy you <laughs> yeah because because uh, I I think I never experienced my own movies because of this, of this working process. And right. I think we all know, you know, filmmakers, we have to watch our film in the editing stage for, I don't know, hundreds of times. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it kills, you know, this freshness. And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to, to watching Memoria in a proper way when the cinemas are, <laughs> are back into our lives. 
Yeah, I was surprised that you didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I was like very purposefully not like choosing not to see the final movie until until I can see it in this experience of this evanescent experience that it's a different thing in the cinemas. Yes. And I don't know if you've seen if you've seen this the scene in the river at the river. Yeah. And and that's something related to nothingness too, because I think when we think about movie something has to happen right yeah and and in that film suddenly it stops right it's um, some the time stopped flowing and that that's what i want to ex- experiment i mean in that film about what if there's nothing happen and what if everything stops and then how how would you react as an audience and also question what is a cinema Yeah, I don't know if I succeed, but we'll see. <laughs> I, 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 what, uh, what I reaction. Love, yeah, what I love about this idea is that to a certain degree we are constantly in the outside, and suddenly when the movie provides us with this moment of nothingness, then suddenly everything starts happening inside. It's like when we hear our own pulse or our own blood flowing or something. Yeah. Right, right, and and you suddenly need to adjust your own time and your own understanding of movies. Yeah, that's why I am so attracted to so-called experimental films. In the beginning, when I I saw them, uh, those 16 millimeter film or Super 8 and all this thing that is not focused on narrative. Yeah, and and I I found that it is. Such a, it's much more, for me, uh, long-lasting uh, impact because it's, it has its own, you know, it's like meeting a, another kind of animals that you, it's hard to forget, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's this, this moment in which it transcends the, the anecdote and it actually becomes an experience in itself. Um, I think good stories, good narratives, of all kinds, also a building and the experience of, of a space or, or a movie. When they become experiences is when they become part of our lives because we, we immerse ourselves because it's not something outside of ourselves, but somehow inside of ourselves. So also the, the silence and the nothingness in movies, I think it's important in that as well. That allows us to go in the movie and not see it always outside like the action or like the, the happening. Right, right. Because there's so many things happening in uh, in the movie or in in life, and sometimes if you have silent or you have a pause, right, you you notice that oh, there's a lot of things. You know? Yes. But with, without a pause, you just like just go with the flow, and you become part of that. Okay. And yeah, yeah. And I guess this counts also for our daily life, like uh, when reflecting about this. And this idea of, uh, like, and you mentioned Buddhism and then maybe thinking also about Sartre and his idea of not thing, like of not, not, not being a, a thing. And then this idea of flowing. It all connects to this moment in which we, we always concentrate in the action and what is happening outside. But then somehow this transformation happens also in that silence when so much is happening and we become of that happening, of that that river and that landscape and right because then when when you become 
part of the, the whole thing and you you fail to stop you just like um, you start to project right you start to project into the future what this flow gonna be what my position in that flow gonna be and then you start to suffer uh, because I think it's normal for human being to to expect for the worst or negative expectation because it's a part of the evolution for us to to protect ourselves, right? To imagine something harmful mm. uh, scenarios. Yeah, and but but I think you know this we have to to get kind of smarter from this seed of evolution yeah. and to to learn to stop and to 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 just put this rock out of our shoulder you know the rock of um, expectation yeah and to to really just just observe you know what's what what goes on in your body in your mind yeah and actually going back to this idea of stories and accumulation i was thinking that Mm. when we are in this constant action, it's like this constant necessity to to move and to be... But it's this alertness that it's somehow what is happening around us and a little bit advertisement and the machine that is behind industries that uh, like keep everything kind of like pushing and pushing. And and somehow that always keeps us alert and always like uh, in this state of uh, emergency... Uh, and there is no moment of like going back because I guess we have evolutionarily this idea of alertness, but at the same time, there is also contemplation and you see it in all animals that there is moments of alertness, but there is also moments of contemplation and we have lost a lot of that contemplation part. Right, right. Because we, especially, I think um, there's a lot of... Um, expectation within yourself and also from others. So we feed on each other's expectations. And yeah, and you suffer um, because you always think that at the moment it's it's not your your time yet or you're not success, so-called successful yet. So you maybe next year or after I finish this movie or maybe I will create a better movie or if I finish this script, I will find money. I, so everything is about expecting and to 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 indicate that now is not is not okay. Yeah. Or where the future is better, yeah. which is not true, <laughs> <laughs> because you never gonna. But of course, you know, everyone is thinking like I'm also thinking of, of that. But sometimes it's quite good to to stop and say, "Oh, wait a minute, here is super good." Yeah. I'm really enjoying talking to you, Juan, yeah. for example, listening to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, and at some point, and, and also thinking in when we are shooting and when we are thinking of a story is, it's also being explorers into these worlds, like really contemplating and observing, not, not only claiming for the action, but uh, enjoying the happening, like the, what it's, what is there. And then, and playing with the audience and actually bringing them into into that, but there is you were you were mentioning this anxiety of what will come in the future and thinking about all our processes as storytellers and and sometimes there is this uh, fear of void the 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 white page 
the white space or the, the empty space or sometimes uh, becomes images of a scary thing. Um, but uh, do, how, how do you, in, in your practice in general, deal with this moment of beginning or ideas beginning and uh, to, to avoid falling for the anxiety of, of the white page of the writer or the empty page of the... I think it's just that need to one needs to accept it. You know, if it's white, it's white. And you just need to uh, really, especially if you uh, want to create something, you just, for me, it's, it sounds cliche, but I'm just waiting for, for something to click with me and I, I don't rush. And if it doesn't click, it doesn't click. And... And there's one project actually. I just I just talked to uh, the, the the foundation that hey I I don't feel it I, you know something like this and I apologize. Um, so it, it's 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 something about being truthful to yourself and how, how you feel, right? Um, and the same way as when you are creating a film. And when you writing, even though you spend a year on it, and even in the end, if, if there's something telling you and you try a different way and it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I think you need to stop. Mm. Um, and I think it happens a lot in the editing room. And I think I'm pretty infamous for this regard in this regard because I always I always shoot more than I wanted and and Many have seen that we spend a lot of money on always end up not not in the final film. Uh, but sometimes you need to, I mean, I think you need to do it and to, to follow your instinct at that time of the production. And then after the production, it's another time. It's another time to reflect and you have to be able to to say, okay, this doesn't work, you know. This had to go or something, even though it's a lot of efforts into that. Um, yeah, so so it's just that you have to be like a really, you know, following. Um, I think it's it's not it's not also about if it's independent film or a big budget film, but you have to also being really attentive to others too. I mean, in, to the editor, yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember this uh, also Stanley Kubrick was saying that uh, that he was shooting and was one thing, but in the editing he was redirecting his movie. Like, again, he was doing something else. Like, he was doing a second directing of the movie in editing because he couldn't think about the material he got, but in what he needed to do to tell the story. Uh, so it, it, it just... I, I agree with you that there is these different moments and then if we get precisely caught by the expectation and we should this, so we sh should use it. Uh, so, right. yeah, we get trapped as well in like putting everything. <laughs> like buying a lot of clothes and wanting to put them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but in the moment of buying, if you have money, you should. <laughs> yeah. if, if it, I mean... It's like uh, this director who shot uh, a lot of takes, maybe 50 takes or 100 takes. Uh, I mean, and then 
he picked take one or take two <laughs> just because uh, he can and just because he needs to he needs to to prove that the first and the second take uh, are the best you know so you, you need the hundred takes to prove uh, that it, it, it's if you feel like that yes and you have the means yes I, I would do it too yeah yeah it reminds me a bit um, of the journey of Siddhartha and that the fact that he needed to discard the world to a certain degree to actually let it go finally or to enter a different state of consciousness. Um, it, it, it somehow connects me to, to that moment in which he's actually by the river and he's observing the river passing. And, but he already, right. he already went through many other things. Uh, and now he actually understood that this is the, the place he has to go back to. And I think it's a, a journey like that. Right, right. Yeah. And what are, what are you up to now? I mean, like, Memoria is finished and is ready to, to see the cinemas at some point when it opens. And you're now, what are you, what are you up to? What is in your mind? I have some art projects that I'm tackling. And I'm also doing a workshop with uh, a university students in Japan. Um, and... Yeah, so, and also working on a new movie project, um, collaborate uh, with a laboratory in Korea, mm -hmm. just like uh, science, you know, because I'm really curious about uh, uh, the science of um, aging and also death. Mm -hmm. uh, that's also tied to nothingness. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and, So, so it's really good to have access to the uh, scientific community and also the laboratory so that we can do a real actual test on cell, cellular aging. Wow. Uh, yeah, but it, it's only the beginning. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's very, that's an interesting topic, uh, precisely in the idea of passing of time, going into nothingness and our fear or our expectation, you know, like there is this book about the denial of death. Uh, and this this um, concept of uh, that everything we do as humans somehow is correlated to right. to the denial of death, um, and at the same time, all of this cellular science on aging and reversing aging in terms of cellular uh, decadence, and it, that's a that's a fascinating topic. But at the same time, it really connects to our idea of wanting to be immortal somehow, to not fade into yes, to avoid. And also, yeah, it, it's really uh, resonate with me, especially uh, last year. I I had a friend who passed away, and uh, and I didn't expect, but I was you know was there in the room when he passed, and it was such a a, a big learning experience that that life is just like that, and that uh, in the end, you know. You just there's no use, right? Whatever you accumulate, yeah, yeah, uh, and and the moment because I, I was with the, um, his partner, and and it's something that you the living didn't prepare for. You know, will you resuscitate him? Will you allow the doctor to put the tube into his neck and to maybe he suffer, but maybe he will live for a oh. few more days. 
something like it's a very hard decision and and then you realize that hey these doctors they're not trained to to really prepare uh, to properly i mean uh, make people pass away peacefully because it's it's all about saving lives so how do you, uh, you know? So so there's a movement, and also there's a, how you say, um, research into like how how to let one die uh, the best. Yeah. Yeah. So and that also ties to Buddhism as well, which which I'm interested in. So I've been talking to, I've been um, in one kind of workshop about meditation and about uh, death actually and it's really a revelation of how how so so advanced these monks are in dealing with death and and the mind you know when when it just go and how you prepare a person for that yeah yeah and what have you and, what what have you find in that exploration I interrupted you but uh, with the monks well of course i always reflect on my own mortality and to, to think of how would I want to, to pass away and how we need to talk about it. Uh, because witnessing my friend passing was such a very profound experience. And I feel like, mm, how, do I, how, how do I tell people, like, I want to die this way, but at the same time, how to make this experience more common? Yeah. No? To... I, I even think about um, how to make a movie on death uh, because you it's not every day that you see people die like right but I think movie can be a tool uh, to 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 reflect that but at the moment death and among like sex or violence is 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 a taboo it's part of the taboo of cinema right but I feel like no that shouldn't be that should, I mean, uh, we should be able to talk about it and reflect on it. And, and if we get rid of fear, maybe less fear, it's impossible to get rid of it, but if we feel less fear about death, uh, maybe we'll feel more more light and, and less anxious about life, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, I connect a lot to that and this. Um, we stop living because we are denying. It's like wanting to avoid the edge of a table and we're always falling from that cliff and we're always running from that. Uh, but that keeps us from actually enjoying what it's around us uh, because we're always trying to run from, from death. From yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah and, and, and it's, 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 so, it's so beautiful in that as well because you're, you're, you're right that in films we see a lot of people dying, but uh, very, very, oh. very usually... We don't see death in the sense that it's it's just um, somehow this uh, manieristic way of of calling someone you know like of killing dying, but the moment of disappearing of like this moment in, that you're describing so um, caringly. It's a fiction of death, no? Yeah, exactly. It's just we see a lot of Hollywood death. Yes, exactly. It's Hollywood death. It's some, yeah, which is sometimes glorified. Yes, <laughs> even. Yeah, but like the moment that it's the uh, uh, the most intense in my own experience as well, like of actually seeing that someone disappeared in this plane, um, and and how we relate to them now anew, the ones that 
stay in this dimension. I think that's a, that's a thing that it's so hard. And this is why so often it's not portrayed in films, like the actual dying, the actual leaving this plane of existence, whatever it's, it's, uh, that, it's our belief on death. Well, I think there's a film, but very few. No one come to my mind was Kawase Naomi, right? Yeah. Uh, she filmed, I think, her friend, friend's death. I haven't seen it, um, but it's a rare, kind of rare chance for a filmmaker to do that because who, who would want you to, I mean, Juan, would you allow people to shoot your death? Like, how would you feel with a camera in front of you sure. before you die? Yeah. That's... Because will you still, you, you still concerned about your looks and <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel, yeah, that, that's, that also showed that camera, the camera is so powerful. Yes, it is. No, the lens is like a, this eye. Yeah, it, it transforms what it's in front of the camera as much as it captures it. It's like this mediation right. also of the moment. Um, right. and, 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 and actually, this is something that right now we are always constantly to capture the memorable and we have cameras all over and so on. But I feel that as much as, as it's so hard to think about death and capturing of death is this mediation of life as well, constantly. Uh, so often we, we stop experiencing what it's in front, just in this mediation of the capturing. Also because of this fear of that moment dying, no? There's also moments of small dyings, uh, the moment that is gone or the instant that it disappears um, and somehow... Right. You need to live ahead, right? That, yeah. That's the same thing, I think, as the projection. Yeah. You need to project, 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 right? Mm. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I think in in this classroom in Japan that I'm teaching, it's we meditate together, mm. and we just breathe and just uh, try to try to not think and try to be nothing, <laughs> like try to uh, try to just observe this self breathing. Yeah, and I found that very useful. Uh, to work, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, for whatever kind of job you have, a filmmaker, artist, or, yeah, businessman. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's this moment in which we, we reconnect with ourselves instead of all the happenings around, uh, just by breathing, which is the essence yeah. of, of both life and death. <laughs> right, and, and then you feel... That everyone is is the same, you know, just breathing entity, and sometimes you just think that that you are more complex than others, you know, and you you have more problem, or you are more <laughs> smart, or whatever. Yeah. But I think everybody is the same, you know, it's the same complex individual, and when you realize that, you feel more empathy, and yeah. Yeah, and I think it's that you when, when you make me think about that, it's this how the the connection, the maximum connection to everyone else doesn't matter. And in these times, precisely in which um, there's so much um, uh, racism and so much uh, disconnection from each other, and and there's this instant yeah. of breathing, not only between humans but also this interspecies kind of relationship. But but just the the idea that 
the same air goes in and then makes us keeps us alive and that we are all in that instant of right right yeah and and sometimes that's very difficult right because you you have your own idea of moral issues right and for example i really really don't agree with many things here living in thailand right i i don't like the military dictatorship i i don't like this current <laughs> uh, prime minister you know it's like dictator you know all this how do you approach this difference you know how do you start a dialogue when there's something that is totally off from your you know your idea and yeah so so i think it's is still is still uh, an issue that you know what one can do you know for example if you're a filmmaker what can you approach what can you present this um, dictatorship in 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 cinema you know uh, with this with this idea of equality you know not to attack and that that's quite uh, an issue to to talk to think about yeah yeah it's a it's a big contradiction and i think always um, at least when i'm reflecting about what how can we change things how can we spark some sort of transformation there there is there is this contradiction of the amount of energy that is required to produce that transformation and and the sense of clash that already produces and at the same time thinking that our intention is actually that of bringing maybe change and balance to uh to an unbalanced kind of uh system and uh, it's always full of contradictions in that right right because i i always think of you know film as a human as a being right and of course when you talk about uh, some gruesome or some some unfair subject you know how how this person going to be in the world you know I, i don't want to make an angry person you know it's, you know how, how to how to communicate yeah Yeah. I don't know yet. Yeah, it's it's full of, it's just it's, it's a big question. It's a big question. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so sure there is there is a single answer because at the end is this idea of multiplicity that somehow can allow us to to find some sort of path um and 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 back to the transformation idea. It's the when we fix ourselves too much in our ideals, it's very hard to connect. To anyone, even to ourselves, when we are just too fixated by what we are supposed to be and what we are supposed exactly. to be. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, this is this is kind of the major contradiction of also trying to fixate something in a story because at the end, it's like this moment of creating this one version of all of those multiple reflections or capturing one. Instance of those many multiple instances. Yes, and that's why um, for me to make something open is more meaningful, right? Because when you start to narrow onto some opinion or some situation or even stories in the film, 
you you start to get some uh, to create a fence around like hey you should think like this you should think like that even to to put a music into the film no you 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 create some kind of lead to the audience like hey you should feel like this and um, so but when you open it up it it can be interpreted and it can you know even for myself looking at the film uh, a year from now it's I I would approach it differently. So I think there's a there's a value in open up your creation, you know. Like yeah, and I think it, like, mm. yeah. No, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I it's just this uh, perception of reality and the construction of reality, and so often realities that are so tightly constructed, they become like a sphere that has no uh, irregularities to connect. No, if we think of a sphere, it just has one point of connection. Uh, on a plane, um, and it's so hard to to actually entangle organically with. Uh, right, right. And, yeah. So, yeah, I think in the end, it's, it's about organic. I mean, uh, what's the noun for organic? <laughs> uh, to to create something or to live the life that is round. That is that you don't you don't underline things you know you just like keep it you know round so that you you can have a room to grow and yeah. and to evolve right yeah yeah mm. yeah I think it's mm. the concept of multiplicity and and uh, like often when we, when we ask what we are or who we are is like we need to say one thing or we need to define ourselves within a frame and. We are yes, different yes. things in different moments. Exactly, yeah. And and also, you know, I listened to this monk. Um, he also said that, you know, uh, for us, we always attach our value to work, our work. You know, we attach our identity to our work. Like, I'm a filmmaker, you know, I'm a producer, I'm a uh, whatever, you know. And then, you know, we forget that we are also, you know, many other things. And and that, you know, when, as I say, when you are getting older, you cannot work anymore as a filmmaker. Uh, you cannot, you know, get money, you cannot whatever. And you start to lose yourself because you attach yourself to that career, right? And then when you get old, you start just like devastated, like, you are like collapsed because, yeah, because because you attach yourself to that. Instead, maybe you can, if you don't think like that, you can enjoy, you know, hey, I'm, oh, I'm doing other things. I'm happy, whatever, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy sitting. I'm happy looking, you know, yeah. it's, it's something that I think there's a trap into this uh, uh, contemporary uh, value of, you know, your work. And, and the way that the world kind of uh, kind of want you to have some title. Yeah. Yeah, and that's such a trap because often I also find myself when I'm writing and when I'm creating something new and to try to f separate myself from if this is going to be or not going to be or if it's going to be produced or not mm. going to be produced. And, and at the end, um, it's just this love that I have for these stories 
that just keeps me going. But then if one allows oneself to just get trapped by this idea of what will be or not will be, uh, it's just so difficult to even produce something that, uh, that is connected or that it's uh, coming from the heart for real. Yeah, and it ties to the reception, right? If your writing is rejected, your movie is got boo in festival, and uh, you got one star <laughs> in the review, you know, you're like, oh my God, I'm a bad director, you know. Um, but who cares? Like, you shouldn't care about right. that. I mean, it's, it's useless. You cannot please everybody. And, and if you enjoy it, that film, you enjoy it, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's easy to say, but but really, it, it, you can you can think like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a constant constant reminder and exercise. Yeah, it's a. I, I think at the end, that's the the major trap. And if we go back to even the beginning of the conversation on nothingness, of almost the creation of that story and and and, and nothingness, like this idea of just allowing that story to happen. And to see it happening as we are creating whatever is the writing or the the actual shooting, or instead of thinking too much that that's one thing and it should be the one thing. Um, I was listening to Belata um, uh, talking about the way that he approaches uh, his filmmaking, or and mm. I, I remember he was saying something about this one instant in which he realized that he could make one of his films because he found a personality. Like he found this one character um, that that he thought, okay, now I can make my movie because the personality of this one person is going to drive the intention of the movie. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a drive that it's like not the white page or the empty space, but like this, okay, <laughs> there's a personality that drives my impulse. Yeah, I think yeah, Bella Tar is such a Buddhist. I feel like he he really listened to his heart and to follow it like a child, you know, just uh, you know, with with really less distraction of other factors. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I feel like that that is also a way, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, you you don't need to carry this big rock, you know of expectation of others. You just be yourself and yeah. Yeah. yeah I, you can apply to many facets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I always find myself almost trying to understand the world that I'm trying to, to tell before, before I even write a story in that world. And, and, and so I get drawn by the research and um, I work a lot about the, the world building of this, these uh, stories, but uh, before I actually know exactly what's what is that I'm gonna follow, like to try to be kind of an explorer in these worlds we are telling and the construction of reality, which is something you have explored so many times in different in different ways, and that you keep exploring with death and perception and memory, and I know you were also exploring a little bit that uh, scientific uh, connection to how we fix memories and how we deal with that also neurologically, which is fascinating when you think about our reality and our consciousness just floating in this uh, interconnected universe of neurons and electric impulses and it emerges. 
Yeah, it's it's really fascinating uh, for me these topics, right? Because it's tied to to movies, and I love movies, and you know, and how the dream, how our brain works. Because I I always say that is movie is like a dream, you know, it's it's, it's operate like a dream, like we try to mimic that experience, you know, with technology as well, you know, to to create more and more towards. The, our biological needs uh, to dream, yeah. So, uh, so that that's uh, automatic. Yeah, yeah. I always kind of perceive movies as shared dreams, which is which is what is missing right now a little bit in the cinemas. You know that that instant of being together in this um, dark space that somehow becomes like this shared dream, and then somehow we all had the same dream. Uh, in slightly different ways because we all interpret the film in different ways and we uh, assimilate it in different ways. But it's a, it's a shared space or a shared dream space. Mm. Um, yeah, for me, it's about envelop, enveloping of um, image yeah. and also sound. You know? And yeah, that, and that, that's so precious you know, when you design a film for cinema just for the technology available and you know yeah. and now it's so easy right to 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 get 4k camera 8k cameras uh, but but we are reducing reducing the screen you know what's going on yes yeah that's that's losing that mind space i think we have to uh, close our public conversation for now it was such a pleasure this conversation with you <laughs> this hour was just fantastic. We could keep talking. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's it's the same uh, for me too. It's such a joy. Yes. Thank you very much. Joy. Thank you very much for, for taking the time with us and to have this, this moment of nothingness. Thank you. Thank you very much. There's nothing like learning how to slow down, especially when the lesson is delivered by a masterful director like Apichat Pongra Satakul. If you want to hear from other directors or indeed from a range of engaging filmmakers we've had the chance to talk to over the years, subscribe to our channel and visit our website at berlinale-talents.de. This podcast is brought to you in cooperation with Goethe Institute. It is produced by 4000 Hertz. Our editor is Vincent Förster. Music is by Rutger Reiners. Project coordination, Rabea Bockholt. Project management, Christine Tröstum and Florian Weghorn. And it was presented by me, Anna Serene. Thank you for listening. <laughs>